0: So Welcome to another episode of the Shredded Show. We've got a first today. We've got uh, Mr. Mark Bell uh, from the USA, who's doing the first walking podcast I've ever done. So, <laughs> what we like to see in terms of an uh, active attitude and also a slightly different attitude to a lot of things in life. So, uh, thank you very much for jumping on, Mark.
1: Yeah, staying on top of my 10 minute walks. I do uh, three every single day. Some days I end up walking and walking and walking and end up getting in, you know, three, four, five miles. Uh, other days, I just get the three 10-minute walks, but highly recommended to everybody because I think it's important that we stay
0: connected to our fitness in some way. 100%. Out of curiosity, is that something you picked up from Stan Effording? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, Stan
1: Efferding, and before that, Jesse Burdick, uh, my good friend, uh, suggested that I uh, start walking years and years ago, probably about eight years ago, Uh, When I was 330 pounds, I started walking to get in a little bit better shape and ended up having a profound effect on uh, just being able to manage my body weight a little bit better and my energy levels. And at first, it was like more of a thing to just kind of shift where my extra food was going um, and to kind of help with like blood pressure and glucose, just general health practice, you know. It wasn't really like, oh, I'm gonna get buffed by going on all these walks, or I'm gonna get shredded by going on all these walks. So yeah, stand efforting was a big impact, but before that, uh Jesse Burdick had me start. And uh yeah, I used to weigh 330 and quickly got down to 270 pounds by walking um and being on a paleo-style diet, and then later turned into like my war on carbs, a keto-style diet, and then later kind of morphed into. What I do now, which is more of what I call a meat-based diet, and I went from 3.30, and I'm now down to 2.30.
0: It's uh, interesting you say this because it's something I very much picked up. The UK is in a full lockdown where we can't do anything officially, so I've got plenty of time in my hands to walk between meals, which I've noticed making a massive difference in terms of digestion and also body as well. And It's amazing how something so basic is so effective. It's... uh... (laughs) Extremely, extremely
1: uh, simple to do. And I think for anybody listening to the show today and and seeing the progress that you've made, I think it's important for people to understand it doesn't have to be really hard. You know, it can actually be fairly simple. It might not be considered easy because any change or any new challenge that we throw in our lives is always going to have a difficulty level to it. And it's actually important that there's a difficulty level to it because otherwise it might be considered boring. You know, you don't want something to be really boring or or monotonous. However, you want the thing that you're trying to work towards, you want the habits that you're trying to develop, that you're working on developing, you want those habits to be so simple that they're impossible to refuse. You want it to kind of be like a joke. So if you're trying to tell yourself, all right, man, well, tomorrow I'm gonna do some cardio You know, after I lift. First of all, if you hate cardio, put the cardio first. Okay, I'm not allowed to lift until the cardio is accomplished. And tell yourself that you're gonna do three minutes, and it will sound absolutely ludicrous to you. Do your three minutes, don't do any more, don't do any less. Next day, do three minutes again, and you're gonna find yourself starting to drift, and you're gonna be like, you know what? I wanna go for five minutes, I wanna go for six minutes. Over a period of time, allow yourself to, and before you know it, you got you got a habit of doing twenty minutes of cardio before you start your weight training uh, in every single session. So, wait, just uh, you keep it simple and keep it so easy that it's hard to refuse to do it. One
0: hundred percent. One of the things you've got, Mark, which is incredible. I love uh, some of the motivational videos you do on YouTube, and also some of the things you've done, like speaking out your opinion on things. And I know you joke about like losing followers because you're openly talking your mind, which is something I love because. <laughs> We live in a snowflake. zero followers. Yeah, the zero follower game. Um, we live in the, the snowflake PC generation, where you can't say what you want. Have you have you always had this mindset, or is it something you've developed with age and as you've grown? Yeah, I think it's important to speak your
1: mind, and some of the stuff, you know, that some of that stuff came about around the time uh, that this virus was hitting the world, the pandemic, this global pandemic that we have. And I think what made the global pandemic so bad uh, was the reaction, more so than anything else. And I, and I, some of the measures that have been taken, I think, have been great. And some of the ones I think are uh, have overblown or over-exaggerated things quite a bit, which is understandable because a lot of people have died. And it is uh, a scary thing, especially when it first popped off. We didn't know a lot of what it was. But what I've been trying to say uh, the entire time is, I don't really understand why, you know, a pandemic takes about 18 months to two years, and then it's over. Like, you know, there's going to be some people that might disagree with what I'm about to say, but this thing will be, it will be over. It'll be in the past at a certain point. I'm not saying that it's going to disappear, but it'll just be part of our life, just like we lose people through. Uh, we lose a lot of people through texting and driving. This is something that's new. It'll probably be around for a while, but it will kind of "quote unquote" die off, and it will it will have less of an impact. Um, but imagine this: we we already know that pandemics last about two years, eighteen months, something like that. Imagine from the beginning if they said, "Practice social distancing. Um, wash your hands." Um, and and some of those things and wear a mask right so they share those little things with you and then on top of it they say go outside and get a couple 10 minute walks in every day make sure you get some sun be vibrant make sure you're still communicating with other people get on a zoom call with other people while we're in quarantine or you know make sure you see other people smile do the things in your daily life i know that we're on this lockdown And I need you to kind of follow some of these procedures for a little bit until we find out what's going on. But take control of your health, eat healthier, lean into eating healthier rather than leaning into eating worse. Because eating worse is always going to lead to worse results, it's always going to lead to worse outcomes. And you eating foods that are potentially shifting you uh, and promoting things like diabetes, heart disease dementia, Alzheimer's, cancer, even you, um, you shifting your, your focus towards that and being a couch potato and watching Netflix is not productive. There could have been a lot of people who reversed diabetes and heart disease during this time, because this thing has been going on for, uh, you know, quite a bit over a year now. And so somebody could have taken action uh, even even when the thing started and it could have taken control and they could have been less likely to get the coronavirus. It could have been less likely, maybe not to get it, but less likely uh, to have a real problem with it. And so I wish that that was something that was shared and I haven't seen it shared by anybody um, except for some of us, except for some people in the fitness community. And I wish some of our politicians and leaders, there wasn't one from one country. There was not one person <laughs> that kind of stood up and said, hey, you know, a big factor is gonna to be to be healthier and be stronger. I say strength is never a weakness and weakness is never a strength. What we've done is we've, made, we've continued to make ourselves weaker by eating these foods that are damaging and by staying inside and not moving around and not staying connected to our fitness. So on a more positive note, a more positive side, You will not believe what it will make you feel like when you go through this transformative process. I always tell people, you know, you want your goals to be pretty big, not because of the potential of what the goal can do, but what it can make of you. You know, if you're listening to the show right now and you're thinking, man, I'd love to have a six pack. I'd love to have abs like these guys do. Well, I used to be fat. I think you used to be fat. <laughs> we used to not have abs. We have them now, but it wasn't, it, it's it's not about being able to pull your shirt up and flex your stomach and show off to somebody or be able to whip your shirt off on the beach. It's for what it can make of you. It's built a lot of confidence in me as I'm sure it has for you. And it does a lot of other things for you that you can't even possibly imagine at the moment until you go through it. And so I wish a lot of these things would have been shared in the beginning. And so I, I'm a person that if I have knowledge, I'm going to apply it. Because applied knowledge is wisdom. And knowledge without applying it to me is just foolish. And it doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to share information with people. And if it hurts some feelings or gets people fired up or pissed off at me, then uh, that's, just, that's just the way it is. That's part of being a leader, in my opinion.
0: I'm so agree. And I think it's one of those things that people need to take context to situations sometimes read between the lines in my opinion people are too uh like sheep everyone believes everything they see and read in the media and just because something's on the news doesn't mean it's necessarily correct it's always going to be someone's right. opinion. You don't know why who's pushing that opinion and what their agenda necessarily is right um and it's very much the same in the supplement and fitness industry with some of the things you see see pushed out there in terms of products and in the u k at the moment we've got a big phase with some ridiculous like fat loss teas uh, oh. and, other, and other stupid things I know you have in the u s as well uh, and again that's yeah a- yeah tripped into these things
1: yeah I think you know um governments and stuff they step in a lot to try to to try to protect us from ourselves you know um, and and in some cases I think you know it's sometimes it's needed because maybe people don't have the, you know, not everyone has the same education base. Um, but where it gets to be really foolish is where, when you see them making decisions that are, um, you know, they're more based on on money. There's more financial decisions. And I, I just think there's some things that just are hard to make sense of like Walmart and target and some of these big companies the grocery stores, all these things are wide open, but then they shut down all the schools. It's like, I don't, I'm not sure. And, and I realize that maybe school should be run differently than it has been run. Um, and there's even, you know, more things to examine with how the education system even is operating. Um, but man, I, you know, that would have been the first thing is to get the schools <laughs> back going again. And, uh, you know they haven't been able to figure that out here in the United States. And my my kids, I have one kid that I sent to just another school, uh, a private school, and he's he's got in person learning, like normal school kind of thing. And my daughter doesn't, and it just it's 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 hurting a lot of families. It's hurting a lot of it, it has interrupted uh, the household uh, in a major way. And I don't think people think about the consequences of this. You know, so there's a certain action where you're like, man, does people not know that for every action there's a there's a reaction, right? And so I just would have liked to see, it, when it comes to any of this stuff,
0: uh, people to put a little bit more thought behind it. 100%. Um, I know you're a huge inspiration with for a lot of people in terms of your mindset and your outlook on life, and there's a huge amount of people out there <laughs> struggling at the moment with – not being able to go to the gym, finance issues, family issues, like homeschooling kids when you're not a teacher. Um, Would you have any advice or words of wisdom for anyone in in that sort of situation at the moment? who's finding it tricky. Yeah. um,
1: There's a, there's a handful of things you can do. You know, there's, there's avoidance. (laughs) You can avoid certain things that make you feel a certain way. Um, so let's just say you hate somebody's Instagram account or whatever, uh, or you get you know negatively fueled every time you see a post, uh, you know, from this particular person or politician or celebrity or whomever it is. Well, you can delete that person or you can delete the app, right? Um, but I use the key word in there. I use the word "make." You know, no one should be able to make you mad. No one should be able to make you sad. Obviously, there's people in our lives that are close to us. Uh, I could do some damage because they have such a high value assignment in our lives. But somebody who has a high value assignment in your life shouldn't be assigned that high value if they continually say damaging things to you that actually really hurt you. And on the other side of that, maybe you can communicate better with that person so that doesn't continue to happen. Um, some cases we got, you know, kids are getting abused and things like that, and they don't have any uh, agency over what they can do about some of that. Um, but number one thing is you could simply, uh, stop doing some of these things to help yourself with anxiety. And again, I'll go back to the foods, these shitty foods that we eat and, the extra time that we spend watching another episode of something on Netflix that keeps us up in an extra 45 minutes than we wanted to, that extra 45 minutes leads you to think, I'm still kind of hungry. I'd love to have something to snack on while I'm watching the show. Well, that causes a cascade of unhealthy disciplines. Now you're getting to bed later. Now you wake up the next day, your whole day is rushed. You get to work a little bit late. Your boss is up your ass. Uh, You forgot to prepare a meal. And so now you're going to have, you know, a burrito for lunch or something like that. And uh, your whole day is falling apart at the seams and you're frustrated and you're like, man, I don't even have time to work out or I don't have time to do what I wanted to do today. And you barely make it through the day. And that stress, it builds up over and over again. So another thing that you can do is be prepared for life because preparation can really kill anxiety. If you're prepared for stuff, you're kind of like, you know what? I got this. Imagine someone says, Hey, I want to see you, you know, get down on the bench and I want to see you bench press 200 pounds. You you might get a lot of anxiety because you're like, man, I'm not really sure. Like I've, I'm kind of out of practice and haven't done that in a long time. Or somebody says, hey, I want to see you uh, hit this golf ball. I want to see what your drive looks like. You know, let's go to a driving range. And you might have some anxiety over that because you're like, I suck at golf or haven't done it in a long time. But imagine if you're phenomenal at it. Imagine if you practiced it a lot. Now the opportunity comes for you to, you know, do a push-up challenge against somebody else. And you're like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Uh, whatever, Whatever it is, if you're prepared for it, you'll most likely have, less anxiety for it so avoidance (laughs) preparation um another uh another skill and this is probably the most important one is reinterpretation because as i said earlier no one should be able to make you feel any type of way and so if you learn how to reinterpret stuff uh nothing is neither good nor bad until you put a label on it and if you think of some of the Stoic philosophers over the years, they've utilized a lot of techniques like this, um, and they even will—they even have—they uh, even do visualization drills where they—they they kind of perceive something to happen that's going to be uh, like detrimental to what they're trying to do. Or uh, I think Marcus Aurelius is the one who talked about in visualizing everyone he knows to be dead. You know, his his wife, his son, his whoever was in his immediate circle, he just recognized, hey, all things that are alive have the ability to die and they will die. They'll be dead at some point. Why not? Why not think that through for a minute and think, you know, what if I died or what if my son died or these are horrific things to think of. But that goes in that preparation category. You can be prepared for these things reinterpretation is probably the hardest thing uh, that you'll ever go through because once you start to reinterpret stuff that comes through currently and you start to have a new vantage point on it, uh, you'll have to go through all your old, all the ways you used to think about stuff in the past, and you'll have to change that as well. And you'll have to kind of clean out your closet, so to speak. That gets to be really, really hard, so you know, there's different ways of viewing things. Like somebody makes fun of you on social media. You could just laugh and be like, Oh, what a joke. That guy didn't get it. He didn't understand my message or you can get mad and like type a mean message back to him and hold all that anxiety and stress in your body. Because what you commented back to that person probably goes against the grain of the way that you were brought up and probably doesn't feel very good. Even though you felt like it was going to be something that felt good Um it was it was more like an immediate fix, which is an immediate trick, just like it is uh to eat foods that are crappy for us. This is gonna make me feel better. It makes you feel better for a few seconds. And then you're like, shit, man, I promised myself I wouldn't do that again. And now I'm the same, you know, fat ass I was, you know, last week and the week before that. And you start to have really a lot of negative thoughts about yourself. So the last thing is, is is on top of reinterpret reinterpretation of inputs is a reinterpretation of uh, what you think about yourself and and your own thoughts that are going on because our own thoughts are probably the most damaging. You know this world is really a me versus me world. It's not you versus other people. It's an illusion to think that you're battling. Against other people, um, it's really you versus you, and you have to prove yourself to yourself every single day, and improve yourself for yourself, and not for anybody else. And if you improve yourself for yourself, you'll be in a perpetual battle that will be that can be healthy, you can also get unhealthy, but it can be very healthy in your advancement, and also just understanding like, okay, this is where I'm at at this particular moment. Uh, I can't afford certain things or I can't do certain things at the moment, but I'm 20, you know, or uh, even if you're 40 and you haven't done some of the things you want to do, you can start to examine why that's the case. Oh, I haven't really worked for it if I'm being honest or I screwed off a lot when I was 20 and when I was 30 and it's taken me a long time. And now I'm just going to focus on all the positive things. What are the things I can do? What are the things that are in my control that I can focus on? So, There's a lot of strategy. I just rattled off a couple of them right there, but there's, you know, we could talk about this for an entire day and uh, would only scratch the surface of the things that you can do uh, to keep yourself from uh, getting a lot of anxiety. I recently shot a video on my YouTube channel about this very topic. Uh, It's at the YouTube channel's Mark Smelly Bell. Check it out and you'll see, uh, I did a video on anxiety, I think just about a week ago. Because
0: it's a huge topic. Yeah, it's, to be honest, it's something I personally worked a lot with. I've actually worked with a lot with a, a psychologist recently to help actually work with the way I emotionally deal with things. And I think mm-hmm. in particular for men in the fitness industry, it's something that we don't talk about enough. And there's very much one of those things that gets swept under the rug, uh, where you have the pressures of businesses and other things like that, which obviously I'm fully aware you have as well, that people sometimes don't take into context. And do, you, do you think your, your mindset you have now comes a lot from training and powerlifting in the background? Because, like, for me, what I have now in terms of mindset is really a gift that I've had from fitness that I'm hugely appreciative of.
1: Absolutely. You know, training and diet um, and leaning into those things and uh, not being afraid. You know, lean, you know, people say, you know, in order to adjust to, like, a diet – It's important that you become friends with hunger. I think you also need to become, if you want to be successful, I think you need to be friends with loneliness in a way. And I don't really mean being like totally alone, like as a person, but I mean like taking risks that other people aren't really like with, um, and doing things that other people aren't really with, like the way that you eat, you know, you go to a party, People are like, hey, you having a drink? What can I get you? And you're like, no. And and like, you know, sometimes people that don't know you at the moment are like, what is this guy a stiff? You know. And then the party goes on, and they have chips and dip and all these different things out, and you don't participate in any of that either. And then maybe they have like burgers or something, and uh, you eat a couple burgers, but you don't eat the bun. You know, like everyone just notices how different you are. And that can, ca- can kind of lead to some loneliness, like somebody like Tiger Woods. I don't know if somebody saw his documentary recently, but the guy did everything you could possibly imagine to be as great as he possibly could. And when he got there, he kind of was like, there's nobody around, you know, because you lose friends over shit like that. He got the world's attention because he's the greatest golfer in the world, but he lost friendships, personal relationships. Uh, and a lot of things ended up kind of crashing and burning uh, around him. That's the price sometimes uh, that's the price that sometimes that it takes uh, you're gonna have to leave some people in the dust some of your friends that love to drink and love to act um, differently than you you know you're you're um, you don't have a shared sense of purpose with uh, then you're gonna kind of leave some of those people. Uh, behind and you know no one's better than another person like you're not better than them because of these choices um you're doing what you feel is in your best interest and they are doing what they feel is in their best interest and so there's no reason to place judgment on them drinking or uh, eating unhealthy foods but you have just made a different choice and these different choices over time they build a lot of character when you're talking about the gym and you're talking about mindset, I call, I call training a lot of times, the training that we do, I call it mindsets because you're in the middle of a mindset. Like what's a mindset? A mindset is one of those excruciating drop sets that you do. You think you're going to die <laughs> and you somehow tell yourself to do a few more reps. Um, you do a crazy drop set on like a leg leg press or a leg extension, or you do a set of 20 on squats, a set of 20 on squats will, um, 20 rep squats will really open up your mind and really open up your brain because you told yourself, all right, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to do 20 reps. And when you get to rep number 10, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I said to myself, I'm going to do 20. And you're like, well, maybe I'll only do 12. Then there's the other side of the brain that says, "No, no, no! You said you're going to do 20, let's do 20." Then you get to 15, and there's this battle going back and forth, this polarity going on, this conversation in your head going back and forth. Your legs are pushing with everything you got. Your brain is saying, "Hey, man, I don't even know if we're going to make it back to the squat rack, much much less squeeze out another rep." Your, your body's telling you, your brain's telling you, like, "Hey, man, you should shut this down. You can get hurt." That negative self-talk. He's just sitting in there, but you know, from previous experiences, previous experience in the gym, if you get those 20 reps, that's what you said you were going to do. And now you're able to check that box. Now you're able to feel absolutely amazing about doing that exercise and doing it the way that you committed to. And now you can feel amazing about yourself. And when you start doing that over and over again, and you prove yourself every day, on every single situation, I call it putting up points on the scoreboard. You're putting up points on the scoreboard of life in these moments, and it's an advancement. And it's something that can kind of uh, pull you and push you through some hard times. People talk about getting the case of the fuck it. Like they'll say, oh, you know, I ate bad, you know, Friday night and went to a party. So I'm just going to take the whole weekend off my diet. Fuck it. Well, I got news for everybody. You can get a case of the fuck. It's in the complete opposite direction. You can say, you can see like I'm out here <laughs> by myself walking, you know, um, you can get a case of the fuck. It's in another direction. I've been walking since 6 30 AM. And it's like, I don't know. It's uh, now nine o'clock. I think I've been walking for a long time today. You can get the fuck in the other direction. You can say, I'm not going to eat any carbohydrates. I'm actually going to get leaner. You know, people think that I'm lean now. Why do they see me at the end of the month? Like I'm going to continue to get better. People think I'm strong because I could do 20 pull-ups or whatever it is, you know, wait until I'm able to do 30 or whatever these things are uh, that are in your uh, that are in your life that you're, really working towards it, it's very simple though break it all down you're all you're trying to do is make yourself proud of yourself that's it you know just make like what would make you more proud are you going to be proud of yourself for eating a big chocolate cake you know most likely not you might be proud of yourself for eating a chocolate cake because you just relaxed for once and you celebrated, and you enjoyed some chocolate cake with your family. That would be something to be proud of, because maybe you're a hard ass all the time, and maybe you're going so hard on stuff that um, it's irrational or not reasonable. So I think that uh, I think that you know, each and every day we have these opportunities to make ourselves better, but we also have an opportunity to make our mind stronger, and there is no limitation on what the mind can do. Elon Musk is talking about being on Mars within the next two years. And you might hear that and be like, "Uh, ludicrous. We've never been to Mars before. Why is he talking about how we're going to be there in two years? He's pushing that forward. He's putting that out there in the universe. And he knows by putting that out there in the universe, well, now people's mind, there's a lot of positivity There's a lot of positivity surrounding that that goes for him, a frequency that's put out by a lot of other people saying, fuck yeah, I'd love to see that. Or I bet he's going to do that. There's also a lot of negativity, but that positivity of him putting it out there, there might even be people who are like, I want to figure out how to work with this guy. I want to figure out, I think I have some answers to some, you know, or I might be able to bring up some problems to him uh, in going to Mars that maybe he's not aware of yet. And all the physicists and all the top scientists and researchers and historians and people that study astrophysics and quantum computation and all these different things, they might all reach out to them. Because they might want to be like, hey, man, I want to be part. Like, you're going to Mars? We haven't done that before. I want my name in the history books. I want to be part of that. And so if Elon Musk can get himself to Mars, you should be able to lose 10 pounds. You should be able to push forward you should be able to rid yourself of diabetes. You should be able to rid yourself of high blood pressure. It actually is pretty simple when you break these things down into
0: smaller jobs and smaller parts. One of the things you said there, Mark, which I thought was fascinating, I agree with massively. It's almost as you, you you scale the mountain of life, you become more lonely the closer you get to the top. And one of the things you mentioned there was your family. and something I find, as soon as I find someone like yourself, I find hugely endearing. It's like you still have your family around you and you're, you're close to, obviously you mentioned your kids earlier on, um, which is usually awesome to see because it's in particular in fitness is something you don't see often. Um, what do you think it is is that's managed to, do you find your, your family, that support network gives you solid foundations almost to be more successful and more of a drive and more of a why?
1: Well, you know, put very simply, it's one last thing to think about, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, not not chasing after uh, sexual desires. You know, and, and trying to and trying to figure out that side of your life um, takes up a lot of bandwidth. You know, uh, it, it it consumes a lot of time in trying to find like a mate. You know, and when you found one, you're like, oh, that part of my life is fulfilled. Like that part of like, yeah, I can check that box. Like that that feels good. And I have somebody that's always there. And so there's that side of it. But in addition to that, I I love nothing more. My whole day is centered around my family. My whole day is set up around my my family. And I end a lot of my days at like 3 or 4 p.m. And the rest of the day is spent with my family. Um, I have a great opportunity to have dinner with them every night, um, sometimes we go for walks at night, sometimes we go in the hot tub at night, like there's kind of a, a good variety of things we get to do, watch some television together, and just, uh, just be around each other. Um, I think, you know, the way that we spell love in my family is T-I-M-E, you know, we put time into each other. And we spend time together. And it's not even necessarily quality time because sometimes all four of us are home. I have two children. Sometimes all four of us are home and uh, we're all in different rooms. But just being there, I found for my youth was always really important. My mom was a stay at home mom. She was always there. My dad come home at like five or six on most days. And when my dad lost his job at IBM, when I was about 13, it was a huge, it was actually had a huge positive effect on the family. So we talked about reinterpretation earlier. Well, imagine having a job in the 1980s and through some of the early nineties that pays 150 K. I think that's about what he was making. Um, pays 150k and you're kicking ass and you lose that job you know you're probably thinking oh man like this is going to be detrimental to my family but all it did was draw us closer because now my dad was home more he was around more he could hang out with us more and he decided to put uh in our basement he built out our basement to be an office for him to do real estate and tax uh income tax uh practice Along with that, the other half of the basement was weights. The other half of the basement was uh, a gym. My dad knock on the door here and there and say, hey, you got to keep the music down. I got a client over here, you know? For me, I saw, I saw business, I saw fitness, and I saw family as all being a cohesive thing because I grew up with it all under one roof. I grew up with a business on one side and fitness on the other. So those two things always made sense to me. And, and that's how I've been able to uh, do some of the stuff in fitness that I've been able to do. Um, and when it comes to family side of things, just all like being, what I'm doing, whom I'm doing it with, where I'm going, and as much as I reasonably can, have them involved. And have them be there. I've had both of my kids uh, come to like meetings with me, and it's not appropriate to have them like sitting in on the meeting necessarily. But I had them go and do something else, either with their mother or maybe even sometimes by themselves as they're getting older. And they, so they've met a lot of these people that I've had, I've had interactions with, and they know them. And so they're a huge part of it. It allows me, it allows me to spread my wings, uh, so to speak. Uh, knowing that they're there and knowing that they're in my corner. Last thing I'll kind of finish with on this is that, uh, you know, my wife um, went to school for business and that has been hugely important. Some of the things that she learned helped us out quite a bit in the early going of starting Slingshot and some of the businesses that we put together. And for me, being like a, a creator, a uh, being more of a creative person, I don't have a mind that really is great when it comes to, like, I don't know how many things to order or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know, but she fills in a lot of those gaps. And so we are uh, a very, very powerful uh, when it comes to being business partners along with being life partners. And so that really uh, worked out really well. And who's gonna have your best interests in mind more so than your significant other.
0: It's uh, interesting you see say that because I do pretty much the same thing was almost double check and get my wife's opinion on a huge amount of things. Uh in particular when it's to do with like personnel and staff to get her opinion. Uh because sometimes I think it's very easy to uh maybe have a mis- misinformed view of people perhaps. And I think people's one of the hardest things in business. Oh,
1: absolutely. Dealing with like human behavior and stuff, but the wife will give it to you straight every single time. <laughs> and uh, they really simplify stuff for you. Uh, you're like, Hey, I got this cool thing. I have this cool opportunity to do this thing with this guy. Da, 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 da. And they're like, you shouldn't do that. And you're like, you're like, what? Like you're thinking right away, you're thinking that's going to be great. Um, but they have different thoughts about it. Their mind is working uh, from a zoomed out perspective and they can kind of see I've had people want to do stuff with me and she's like, you can't do stuff with some of these people because you've been working on these things for decades and they're coming in at the 11th hour. We barely know them. It's just cause I get excited. You know, I get all fired up and I'm like, this but sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This sounds so cool. And she's like, Nope. You know? So, um, that is a tough thing with business too. Is like you have to shut down a lot of things. Um, you don't want to you don't, I don't think in business that you want to go really uh wide you know yeah. I think you want to go deep and you want to go like vertical you, you don't you don't really like think of like something mm-hmm. like here in the states we have In-N-Out Burger and In-N-Out Burger they won't they won't franchise out to the east coast they're only on the west coast they have three things on the menu and mm-hmm. they don't deviate um there's kind of a joke in marketing, and where they say, "Hey, remember when In-N-Out Burger? Remember when they did that, that sale at Christmas? Or remember when they ran that special uh, on Halloween?" And it's like, no, you don't remember it because they've never done it. They don't put their shit on sale. They don't. They don't have specials. They don't have a happy meal. They're just authentically themselves. And you either love it or you don't care for it. And they're not, not really going to try to cater to you. And that's, that's how success, success is something you attract. It's not something that you reach for. It's not something that you chase. And if you chase after it, um, I think the consequences can become deadly. But if you're, if you're chill about it and you just do a lot of things, you have a lot of habits that cascade down, down. into being habits that are healthy, being habits that can be recognized by most people as quote unquote good, uh, then success will just, will just bite you right on the ass. <laughs> and you'd be like, wow, I can't believe this. Like People sometimes say that about me. They're like, wow, I can't believe all this stuff that just falls in your lap. And it does seem that way. Uh, I mean, look at The Rock, how many opportunities come his way every day you know, or Kevin Hart or some of these celebrities, um, these things aren't falling out of the sky into their lap for no reason. They have attracted success. They have become a success. And now everybody recognizes that and they're like, hey, this might be collaborative and it might help him become more of a success. And obviously, it's going to help whatever company is trying to get with him
0: as well. 100%. Let's come back into more of the sort of fitness side of things, Mark. Uh, bodybuilding versus powerlifting, which one did you enjoy more and why? Well, you know, I've been a
1: powerlifter since the time I was a kid. I started when I was 12 and never looked back and I retired from the sport of powerlifting. Um, but I still do powerlifting movements. I still love it. I still coach it. Uh, bodybuilding is much newer to me. So it's easier to say that I love this new thing more. Get excited yeah uh but I've always liked the way a bodybuilding workout feels the way a set of ten feels good control and the way getting a pump feels i've always I've loved that more and I think that that's it's harder to push yourself through a set where you get pumped than it is to push yourself to like lift uh a big weight for me anyway lifting a big weight was a byproduct of previous workouts. Um, Getting yourself like through a pump and getting yourself a great pump in a workout and pushing yourself above and beyond that limitation that your, your mind is making up at the moment because stuff just hurts so bad. To me, that's a lot harder and a lot more difficult than just revving yourself up for like a single or, or double or triple. And again, it's because the single double triple, It's all just stuff that you would have prepared for weeks, weeks, weeks prior. So if you were to try to bench press 405 pounds, it would just be a foregone conclusion. It would be like in the bag and be already done because weeks prior you lifted 325 for sets of three, uh, 335 for sets of three and so on all the way up the ladder until you get down to this kind of one rep max. You already like built the strength up in bodybuilding you have to like pull the strength out of your ass when you're tired, when you're fatigued. And to me, uh, that's more of a challenge, that's harder. So I'd have to say, you know, at this uh, moment, I like the bodybuilding side of things more, but I'd also say that bodybuilding is way harder and, and um, way more challenging than I ever could possibly imagine. You know, I did a bodybuilding show and I did well. Um, but I, I, like, I can't, I can't even bring it to myself to call myself a bodybuilder, with how in shape these guys and these girls are in the fitness industry. I, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm not worthy. Like they're just, they're unbelievable. There's small waist, big chest, big arms. Um, when I look at myself, unfortunately. Uh, I see, I see more flaws and I see like things that are cool. Um, I have some good, like vascularity and I have some things about me that are, that are pretty good, but I didn't start out in bodybuilding. And so I'm kind of recognizing more of the flaws. I've torn my biceps a couple times, a few torn pecs and a couple things like that make the bodybuilding journey even that much, uh, that much harder. But I, I love the challenge of bodybuilding. It is uh brutally hard. And to have somebody like people grading your your body, like every part of you from head to toe is uh is
0: pretty wild. Awesome. And come to some more like nutritional conversations. Obviously, you briefly touched upon it earlier. You're currently going over to more of a sort of carnivore meat-based diet. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um I'll give
1: you an example of like what I ate yesterday. Uh, Yesterday I had, um, yesterday I did like about a 20 hour fast, which uh, is, I haven't done recently, um, but I'm going to start doing more of coming up and I've done it in the past. uh, Just intermittent fasting. um, Just having a, having a short eating window basically is all it is. And, for me, it'll be like probably about four or five hours or so. I'll have this eating window open. And uh, yesterday during the eating window, I uh, got home. I ate some ground beef. I like to have a small meal first, followed by a larger meal. Um, and so, what? Because I like, I kind of like the feeling of being pretty full. Just something that I've always liked, and probably was the reason why I was able to get up to three hundred thirty pounds. You said you were a fat yes, kid I when have- you were younger as well. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was uh, 240 at the age of like 16. I was big though, too. I, You know, I was already lifting at that time. So I had some muscle on me, but yeah, I was a fat kid. Um, so I had ground beef yesterday at about 3 p.m. or actually, I'm sorry. It's probably more like 5 p.m. Yesterday, I was a little bit behind on my schedule. I ate at like 5 p.m. and then uh, had a full meal at 6 p.m., uh, which was uh, a big filet, a big filet mignon, and I had a little bit of rice with it, and that was pretty much it for that meal, and then I finished up, and then I uh, followed that up with a protein shake just to kind of make sure I got enough protein in for the day, but a lot of days look a little similar to that. Sometimes there's more food, sometimes there's a little bit less um, meat-based diet is kind of what I call it rather than calling it carnivore because people get all pissy if you eat anything other than uh, meat and eggs. And so uh, I really, really, like to think of things as very simply uh, protein first, you know, protein minded. I would say that for most people trying to lose some weight, I don't like to take things away from people, but you, you sometimes you need to in the case of soft drinks and drinks that have calories in them. I'd say, get rid of all drinks that have calories in them uh, unless it's a protein shake. Um, the second part of that is, you know, stop eating snacks. Just, just get rid of snacks. This is why a low carb diet is so effective is because a low carb diet, a lot of times just pulls snacks away from people. We have to always consider that, the overall amount of energy that you take in is, is the uh, biggest factor. And there's a lot of other smaller factors in there. But if you just make good quality food choices, then you don't have to really worry about the caloric amount as much because who really cares about how many calories are in your chicken breast? It really doesn't matter. Where I think people mi- get mixed up is when they count calories, they stop counting on, like, on their diet. <laughs> And I actually think the inverse of that would be more effective—to mainly only count when you want to eat bad, and and uh, delegate out a certain number of calories towards that. Like I'm going to cheat, but I'm only going to have 600 calories, you know, or however somebody does it. I think that would be uh, that be really effective. But you want to have protein, you know, you want to be protein minded. You want to get rid of snacks and. I would just say like, you're not really having a meal unless you're having more like more than about 20 or 30 grams of protein. And so with having said like, don't eat snacks, you can still potentially have a snack. You can have an apple and some cheese and like a protein shake. That would be a snack. And that that would fall into a category that I would consider to be very healthy and very helpful because the more protein that we eat, to a certain extent, the, the more we drive down hunger and the more we drive down cravings. A bit, another big mistake people make in dieting is they're too hungry. When you start a diet, you shouldn't be hungry. And if you're really overweight, if you're really fat, there's, there's not a lot of reasons to be hungry when you start a diet. First thing first is you got to get used to your food. There's probably not a lot of great reasons to implement intermittent fasting right off the bat. Give yourself a month or so of getting used to the foods, and then go from there. But the biggest mistake you can make is allowing yourself to be hungry, because when you're hungry, is when you'll make bad decisions. Your brain, your your, your brain is like in search of it. Think time when you're hungry. I mean, even using you know sex as a uh, you know you, when you're craving it. I mean. <laughs> You'll you'll seek it out, right? In whatever way, whatever way you can kind of find it, right? And once that pressure is like released, and you can think totally differently. Food is no different, you know. If you try to satisfy that need uh, when you're hungry, you're going to make a really poor decision, and you're going to feel like you're going to feel like you didn't have a choice. You're going to feel like someone else made a decision for you. So, you know, simple things like not allowing yourself to get hungry, eating large amounts of protein. Um, and staying active. Your brain, your body, mind, and spirit
0: feels good all the time. Obviously, you mentioned earlier you were overweight as a a child, and I was as well, and obviously your outlook on food at the moment. How did you bring up your children out of interest when it comes to eating?
1: I have taught them quite a bit about nutrition. Um, We have a healthy meal every night. Um, By healthy, I just mean... It's really rare for us to have a meal. Um, it's really unusual for us to have a meal that's really calorically dense, like a real gut bomb of calories. Um, and so my kids know, like, we have we have some sort of meat every single night. Chicken, pork, uh, steak, ground beef, um, turkey, something of that nature. We have that every night, and we have... <clears throat> usually a vegetable to go with it we usually don't have starch at all every once in a while I might have some like tater tots or a potato of some sort and uh that'll pretty much be it um so they see that and I've talked to them about nutrition quite a bit from the time they're really young and uh you know they would want to have like I don't know apple juice or something or or like a high C or something like that. Like some of these drinks that are just full of sugar. And I would say, that's okay. You can have that, but that's going to be in place of the ice cream that you might want to have later tonight, you know? And then they would sit there and look at you and they'd be like, they're like, that drink's not worth it. Like ice cream is way better than that drink. (laughs) And they would kind of get the point, you know, and, their, their, uh, their food, um, their food playbook has always been wide open. They can eat whatever they want. Um, but I always kind of share with them, like, let's do a little uh, tip for tack, you know, so when you, if you're going to eat this, and let's not have this later, if you're going to have ice cream in the afternoon, on a weekend, then maybe let's not have a, you know, ice cream after dinner, you know, stuff like that, just very, very simple things. And I think for anybody listening to the show is trying to get their kids to do a little better. I think kids and actually elderly people are kind of the same in a sense that they just don't eat enough protein. Uh, they eat a lot of carbohydrates. I think kids, I think like 70% of their diet is carbohydrates or something like that. Um, so really having your children reduce the amount of carbohydrates that they eat and really trying just to find rather than reducing their carbs or saying anything about their carbs just try to hit them with protein cheese stick cured meats um, cottage cheese yogurt even if something has a little bit of sugar in it stuff like that, I, I would say I'm not that concerned just whatever delivery system you can find and get them protein and if you think about like things like bread and things like that bread's not so bad uh, but You know, bread can be a delivery system of just a huge abundance of calories, or it can be a delivery system for pretty good, pretty good amount of protein. You can make a sandwich that has one slice of cheese on it, maybe a small amount of mayonnaise or mustard or whatever it is that you like. And it can have some turkey or ham on it. So whatever way you got to figure out to get your kids. um, and, And I say, you know, fuck vegetables, like don't worry about vegetables. If you can get your kids to eat some vegetables here and there, that's fine. But I wouldn't really be overly concerned about it. My main concern would be protein. Get your kids protein. And then the next thing after protein um, would be most kids like fruit. And so that's why I usually say fruit is pretty good and um, also has some fiber in it. The vegetables have fiber in it. Most kids hate vegetables. So if there's a way that you can trick your kids in eating vegetables, um, And more power to you, but it's usually kind of hard.
0: That's some solid advice. One final question for you, Mark. What are the future plans for Mark Bell Slingshot Super Training? Got anything exciting up your sleeve? I'm sure you have anything you can talk about. Yeah, one of the main things I would like to do
1: is I'd like to continue to lower the barrier of entry into fitness and into nutrition because I think that it's a, and and lifting and stuff like that because I think it's a field where, uh, People are just really confused on what to do, how to do it. Um, When it comes to lifting, uh, a lot of people won't even sign up for a gym or go to a gym. There's millions of Americans that have never had a gym membership. Um, There's millions of people that are, you know, nervous or scared about lifting weights. They think they're going to hurt themselves. And I would love to find a voice and find a way, a platform to continue to educate and to continue to pull new people in. It's great to have fans, but my fans, they're already down with it. You know, they're already, and they're already cool. in it. They're yeah. They're already eating protein. They're already training like a bunch of savages. So that's cool. And if they find more motivation from me and stuff, that's great. But I want to pull more people into this. My whole mission is to make the world a better place to lift. I feel like that's what I was kind of put on this earth for. And so by getting on podcasts like this and getting my voice out there, by having my own podcast um, and and getting on other people's channels and stuff like that, it's massively important to me because I want to, I just think people are kind of confused and I think people won't diet because they think it's so hard. But to tell you guys how easy it is, it's almost hard to share sometimes because I kind of feel like I sound like a dick when I tell you that it's easy, but then here you are, you know, out of shape. But the truth of it is, it's actually very, very easy to, uh, at the very least, make yourself a little healthier. That, that's, that is so simple. And, and it's very easy. Uh, to look good in a t-shirt is still fairly easy, still low-hanging fruit. If you want to compete in something or you want to look amazing for like a photo shoot or something, now we're starting to talk about shit that's a little bit more complicated and it might take it might take a lot of time. Uh, but in general, uh, most of the stuff is pretty simple. It's gotten overcomplicated by many other people. And I would like to figure out a way to unring that bell and uh, almost everybody start over at the beginning.
0: I, would say I love that. Thank you so much for your time, today, Mark. Really, really appreciate it. It's been an inspiring conversation, which I know the audience will love. Uh, so, for everyone great. listening to this, please make sure you uh, first check out Mark. Where's your? Where's the best place to find out about your Instagram, podcast, YouTube.
1: A hey, great job by you too. I got to commend you. You look great. I saw some of the pictures and stuff,
0: and you look awesome, man. So, good, great job. Work, work in progress is everything. So it's uh, same as same. As you probably found is that. Every day I learn more and my thirst for learning just keeps growing. And the more I learn, the less I feel I know. But I just keep trying to level up as much as I can. Yeah, you keep that uh, white belt mentality over
1: a long period of time. People can find me, uh, you know, I'm at Mark Bell on Instagram. I just started a clubhouse. I'll be on there probably later today. I did one yesterday with Stan Efforting, Ed Cohn, my brother, and Matt Vincent, and Dr. Sean Baker. And that was really cool. And that's going to be on my podcast as well, which is Mark Bell's power project. Check that out on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you can find podcasts. It's everywhere. It's on YouTube as well. And uh, you can check out my website. Where I sell a lot of products, the slingshot, elbow sleeves, knee sleeves, anything that you could possibly think of to make your training a little bit easier and to pull yourself away from some pain that you may have in your Shoulders, elbows, or knees. You can go over to MarkBellslingShot.com and pick up some products over there. In addition to that, we also sell. um, We also have apparel that you might be interested in. In and then at the end of probably by the end of next month, you guys will see Mark Bell's Steak Shake hit the market, and the Steak Shake is a uh, is the first ever. Uh, It's it's a it's a beef. It's beef protein that has whey collagen and it also has uh it also has organ meats in it no one else has done this on the market yet so uh I'm prepared as it's as has happened to me many times before prepared for the rest of the fitness industry to copy me and try to catch up but uh we'll be the first to market with that and Mark Bell's steak shake we coming out in about four weeks or so
0: it was pretty awesome so make sure that everyone that you uh share this to your instagram stories facebook stories or wherever social media platform you're uh, listening to this on and then uh, make sure you share it so you can help mark on this journey to make the world a better place to lift uh thank you very much for your time today mark and i hope you have uh, an awesome rest of the day lastly what's the name of the your room on clubhouse do you know um i i think it's just mark bell or maybe it's mark smelly bell i'm not sure i'll see if i can check um, it out, what time is in the UK. Yeah, somebody
1: else, uh, somebody else made it for me. So uh, I'm not really sure exactly what it's called. It's either Mark Bell, or Mark Smelly Bell, or Mark Bell Power Projects.
0: One of those. Awesome pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, Mark, and uh, have a great day. Yeah, you too. Catch you later.